let us pray. Dear God, as we gather today to hear your word, help us to open our hearts and minds that your word will abide in us and dwell in our thoughts. In Jesus Christ, amen. Our first reading comes from Jeremiah, chapter 3, 1 through 3. If a man div divorces his wife and she goes from him and, become, and becomes another man's wife, will he return to her? Would not that land be greatly polluted? You have played the whore with many lovers, and would you return to me, declares the Lord? Lift up your eyes to bare heights, and see, where have you not been ravished? By the wayside you have set awaiting lovers, like an Arab in the wilderness. You have polluted the land with your vile whoredom. Therefore, showers have been withheld, and the spring rain has not come. Yet you have the forehead of a whore. You refuse to be ashamed. Our second reading comes from Matthew 22, 35 through 40. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love your Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The words of God for the people of God. They made a mistake. That passage in Jeremiah, yeah, of all things, this guy made a mistake. That passage in Jeremiah was not uh, what was intended to be read. Um, the one I was intending to read, and I just got something mixed up or something when I put this in the bulletin. You didn't do anything wrong. It was me. Um, God is telling God's people that I love you because God's people are about to go into captivity in Babylon. And God is speaking through Jeremiah. And God is saying, even though you are going into captivity, I am still with you. I love you. You are still my people. Don't ever forget that. And I will bring you out. So that's the passage that I was looking for. And, and um, so there's a little bit of homework for you to do now. Because the pastor made a mistake. That's just the way it works. Jeremiah 3, 1 through 3. This is what I got. And, and maybe I wrote the, the reference down wrong. At that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of the families of Israel, and they will be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness when Israel sought for rest. He's talking about the time they spent in Egypt. And in verse 3, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Beautiful words for people who are about to be taken into captivity. This sermon I wrestled with 
the uh, lectionary wasn't resounding with me very well. I'm sure there's some good lessons there. And, and yet I felt the Spirit saying, there's something that, that, that needs to be said. And the initial sermon title was, this needs to be said. And so listen with your heart to what needs to be said. I, I actually dug deeply into my uh, seminary days. I believe this was the second year I was in seminary. And I read the writings of a man named Martin Luther King Jr. And what I read informed what I preach here in this pulpit every Sunday. I always had it, I always had this understanding of love. And then reading the words of Martin Luther King Jr. solidified it for me. I wrote a paper, I can't find it anywhere. I, I thought I archived all my papers and all that, because you never know when you're going to need those papers, right? And the teacher's remarks and all that, and syllabuses and all that. I couldn't find it, but I did find the sermon. It was a sermon preached by Martin Luther King Jr., April 9, 1967. It's called The Three Dimensions of a Complete Life. And I'm not going to preach a sermon. If you want, you can Google it and look it up. But these are the principles that Martin Luther brought out that I'd like to unpack for us today. I'm not going to preach his sermon. I don't preach other people's sermons. But I'm going to interject some of my thoughts as we move through this. There are three dimensions to having a perfect life. A kingdom life, let's call it. So, Dr. King talks about the dimensions being length, breadth, and height. So let's unpack that the rest of the morning. The length of life is how we care for ourselves. This could be seen as a selfish element, and, and indeed it can actually be taken too far. I don't want to be bothered with that. I've got I to gotta do some self-care over here in the corner. I'm going to watch some TV. So it can be taken too far, but we need to take care of ourselves Dr. King quotes a great Jewish rabbi, Joshua Liebman. Liebman? Anyway, he wrote a book some years ago entitled The Peace of Mind. And he has a chapter in the book entitled Love Thyself Properly. And what he says in the chapter, in substance, is that before you can love, our, love other selves adequately... I'm quoting Dr. King here. Before we can love other selves adequately, you've got to love your own self properly. Can I tell you a lot of people don't love themselves? Yeah, we feel inadequate sometimes. Sometimes people feel too fat. Maybe sometimes people feel too skinny. Maybe they don't feel like they're educated enough, not smart enough, not deserving enough, not glamorous enough. You know that people on social media, you look at Facebook and Twitter or whatever it's called now, 
um, they always show you what they want to see, what they want you to see. Everybody wants to put out their best foot forward on social media. Some profiles project a happy, contented life full of adventure, when in reality their lives may be falling apart. Let's go into looking at religion. We're specifically talking about religion. I'm not talking about following Christ or any of this. It's religion does this thing. I'm going to tell a short story. One day, a young man stole some pears. Not because he was hungry or not because he was impoverished or needy, but because it felt good to be bad. This man later described his teen years as a babbling, a bubbling cauldron of vice. Bubbling cauldron of vice was how he described his childhood. Stealing pears. Hmm. Okay. As this man remembered his youth, he ended up with a theory. And that theory was because Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, every person after that had a sin nature. It was in their DNA. They were born with it. This young man's name, by the way, was Augustine. And much later, theologians came along and they're like, that's not, that doesn't go far enough. We, we see what, what Augustine was trying to say and, and, and it doesn't go far enough. And so theologians like Calvin and Luther and others further stated that people simply do not have it within themselves to choose to do what's right. Our sinful nature is such that our free will would never choose God, a.k.a. total depravity. And we live in that space of total depravity, and I want you to know God loves us, and there is good in us. We are not totally depraved, only mostly depraved. But we live in the space and we, we beat ourselves up. We're like, oh, like, like, like the Apostle Paul. Oh, wretched soul that I am. Who can save me from this burden of death? And, and, and we, 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 become, we get down on ourselves. There's nothing I can do. And even when we do accept Jesus, we still feel like maybe I could fall away from that. And so religion kind of does that to us. And so we sit around walking around with frowns on our faces and not really knowing how God really feels about us. But by the end of the sermon, you'll know. I'm getting there, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Dr. King says, now the other thing about this length of life, after accepting ourselves and our tools, we must discover what we are called to do. And once we discover, we should set out to do it with all of the strength and all of the power we have in our systems. Does that mean we're to be perfect? 
Nope. Just do the best you can. Whatever you're called to do, do it with all your heart. That's a biblical principle. And after we've discovered, Martin Luther King Jr. continues, after we've discovered that God called, what God has called us to do, after we've discovered our life's work, we should set out to do that work so well that the living and the dead or the unborn couldn't do it any better. And he continues with a poem. If you can't be a pine on the top of a hill, be a shrub in the valley. But be the best little shrub on the side of the hill. Be a brush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. It isn't by the size, it isn't by size that you win or fail. Be the best of whatever you are. And when you do this, you will have mastered the length of life. Here's the thing. When we hate ourselves, we're going to take that out on other people. Hurting people hurt people. We will project our shortcomings on other people, which leads us to the breadth of life. Just kind of segues right into the breadth of life. Dr. King says, now the breadth of life is the outward concern for the welfare of others. And a man has not begun to live until he can rise above the narrow confines of his own individual concerns to broader concerns of humanity. I know that may kind of sound like it's contradictory, but it's not. When we understand that God loves us, when we understand that we are good enough, when we understand that we are all redeemed by Jesus Christ, when we take care of our understanding of where we stand with God, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I don't want to be misunderstood either. When we understand where we stand with God, when we take care of our own spiritual needs first, then we can start taking care of others. Dr. King tells a story, the parable of the Good Samaritan. The story is of a man on a windy, dangerous road between Jericho and Jerusalem. He fell among thieves who left him half dead. Or was he half alive? I don't know. They left him on the side of the road either way. Two men walked by, a priest and a Levite. Dr. King says, there is no answer given as to why they walked around and didn't help the man. But at the end of the day, King believes this much. He says, I think they were afraid. I think they were afraid. What will happen if I do stop and help? And we do this all the time. And, 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 and if we look on this on a spiritual level, it's not so much of a, you know, if I reach out to this person, am I going to get beat up? <laughs> it's, it's, it's much deeper than that. It's a, if I reach out to this person, will it ruin my reputation? How will people 
see me if I help this person. We're afraid. We're afraid. I love the song we sang just before this, uh, just before the. Brother, sister, let me serve you. Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have grace to let you be my servant too. You see, we're all on a journey. And we're not supposed to be on this journey alone. We journey together. This is why we come to church. Because in, in this space, we are community. We acknowledge that we're all on the same journey. And our journeys all look different. And sometimes, life beats us up and kicks us around. And it's my prayer, I know, because I know you people here in this audience. And I know you people online too. I know that you will come alongside somebody and pick them up and say, let me be your servant. Let me show you the love of God. Let's journey together. Let me hold your hand. I can't, bear, I can't carry your backpack. I can't carry your load. I can't walk your journey with you all the way. But I can at least hold your hand and be there with you. Because here's what happened. Martin Luther King Jr. says, Instead, there was a third man that came along, a Samaritan. And he flipped the question around. Instead of asking, what will happen to me if I help this person? He asked the question, what will happen to this man if I do not stop and help him? Martin Luther King says, this is why this man was good and great. He was great because he was willing to take a risk for humanity. He was willing to ask, what will happen to this man, not what will happen to me? This is what the breadth, division, the breadth dimension looks like. It is caring more for others' well-being than our own. Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked. And you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food? Or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you? Or naked and gave you clothing? When was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. What will happen if we don't help each other? Which leads us to the height of life. And, and, and again, Martin Luther King saw this as, as this three-dimensional uh, 
ball, as you would say. If, if one is out of proportion, everything's got to be in balance, okay? Everything's got to be in balance. You wind up with some wumpy, oblong thing. He wants to see this three-dimensional ball. Everything in balance, in check. The, the height of life Dr. King says, if life is to be complete, we must move beyond our self-interest. We must move beyond humanity and reach up, way up, for God. For the God of the universe, whose purpose changeth not. And when I was reading this again, I was thinking about, you may have heard of this um, artist, uh, he goes by Michelangelo, just one name, Michelangelo. He painted the Sistine Chapel, and I, I'm, I bet you you remember this when I talk about it. Here, you've got Adam, and he's just kind of lounging there, you know, doing this number. And what's God doing? Everything he can to get to the man. If we reach just a little bit, if we reach just a little bit to God, God's love says, that's good enough. And he brings us up to him. God loves us. King continues, we were made for God and we will be restless until we find rest in God. God is crazy in love with us. It doesn't make sense, but he is crazy in love with him. God says, come as you are. I love you. Just come. You take one step, I'll come the rest of the way. Just come. Come to me. Come to me, all you who are tired, carrying heavy burdens. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy as my burden is light. My friends, this is what educates my entire existence as a Christian. This is what, what educates my entire existence as your pastor. Love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. <coughs> it's the three-dimensional love that creates wholeness within us. Martin Luther King's sermon on the three-dimensional life. It's one that I learned in seminary. I studied, and I kept referring back to it, and I do it even today. It's why I am so adamant about looking at the Scriptures through the lens of love. Love self. Love others. Love God. Everything in balance. Everything in and balance. God reached out to us by sending his son. God is not willing that any should perish. The kingdom of God is here. I don't know if you knew that or not. That's what Jesus said. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is here. It's among you. I am the kingdom of God. And on this side of the cross, we can experience God's kingdom. 
And one day, when God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven, when God's kingdom comes to this earth, we will just step right into heaven and not notice a difference at all because of the heaven we have created for others around us. This table is open. If you are hungry, come. If you want to experience God, come. The mystery of what Jesus came to do is all is, is symbolized here in the wine and in the bread. Jesus coming to this earth to show us the love of the Father. Earth made a, a word made flesh. His death on the cross was how far God was willing to show his love for us. And so here we are. We have an open table. If you are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, if you feel like there's something missing in your life, God, through the mystery of what this is, wants to meet us here. Let us pray. Loving God, we cannot wrap our human minds around your love. Your love is so complete. It's so perfect. How can we reject that love after seeing your love for us? May we see the gospel as truly the good news of Jesus Christ. Your love in flesh. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.